0: Hey, it is Ed and Brittany Holmes here. We are the founders and coaches at Axios Wellness. And we are really, really excited about this season of the podcast. We're talking about relationships. And what we're committed to bringing to you are tools and mindsets that are going to increase the fulfillment and the quality of of your relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. And today's episode is a part two. So if you have not yet listened to last week's episode, episode three called Say What You Mean to Say, then you need to pause and go listen to that first because there's a lot of really important context for our conversation today. So last week, we really got into language and how language really affects our relationships. And today we're doing a deep dive on communication from that language. Let's get into it. Okay, today is part two. Part of Part part do as uh, as Molly would say. Deuxième <laughs> partie. Why is why why does that sound so pretentious? Like, what is that? It's about French? What you said? Nothing against the French. The language is just. You we know, just broke little... the fourth wall, by the way. We did, yeah. Welcome Molly into the the circle. Not going to need to tell them who I am. For those who don't know, Molly is our producer, and she helps us record all these and make us not sound dumb. Which you know we need a lot of help with sometimes. (laughs) So thank uh, we're thankful for Molly. Um, Today is part two of last week's episode of "Say What You Mean to Say." Yeah, and yes, that is a play off the uh, John Mayer song. John Mayer song. And so today, which
0: real quick, church people will appreciate this. I played as an altar call response song <laughs> at a youth conference one time. Oh. I was playing. How bass. many
1: times did you do it?
0: How many times did I play? Yeah. It was just one service.
1: No, no, no. How many times did you play non-church songs as an altar call?
0: That was the time. Oh, okay. I'm there pretty sure. More. Okay, no. yeah.
1: That's pretty great. Yeah. No one knew. No. Except for you. Yeah. Okay, so today we're going to get into, last week we really talked about language, right? And the words that we say and how we use them to communicate with one another. And today we're really going to sink into how to change the way that we communicate with one another.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest... How do I put this? One of the biggest problems with communication is the assumption that I communicated efficiently. Mm -hmm. Right? And most of us have ways that we receive communication. And that may not be the way the person I'm communicating to receives it. Right. And so we're going to talk about some general, like, why this happens and some general framework around how do we ensure... That we're getting on the same page when we communicate with each other right
1: because the reality is and this is what the last week's episode was we're always in story whether we realize it or not we're writing stories about ourselves and the people around us and language is language and communication is really the crux of any healthy relationship because without it (laughs) if we don't know how to communicate what we mean Mm -hmm. clearly and often then there's going to be a breakdown.
0: Yeah, and the language that I'm using to communicate externally is generally an indicator of how I'm talking to me, yeah, right? And so when, when I am not in a great place with myself, you being my wife and the person I'm around the most, how I'm communicating to you becomes a phenomenal mirror of how I'm doing with myself, right? Right, And that there's this is a bit of semantics, and I think it's important, is... I can say and use the right language and still communicate inefficiently, or or not effectively communicate.
1: Mm, yeah, talk about that a little bit more.
0: Well, so let's let's get into it. We're gonna use ourselves as the template for we're the case study <laughs> of the day.
1: Yes, and aren't we always? Yes.
0: So I was raised in sports. Mm-hmm. My father is from New England, mm-hmm. and. I got really used to early, very direct, quick, and efficient communication. Hey, you need to improve in, and let's move on. Right. Right? There wasn't a lot of feeling. There wasn't a lot of nuance. The tone was generally aggressive. Right? (laughs) And I thought, well, that's how you're supposed to communicate. Right. Because that's how I receive communication. Yeah. Right? And then you and I start dating. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: And then we get married.
1: Yeah.
0: And it turns out not everyone thrives with that being the most common you way mean of you mean not
1: everyone is a two by four and communicates with a hammer it
0: it is efficient and effective <laughs> and i have gone on a journey of realizing that it's not just what you say
1: but it's how, how you say it, say it. If you can't tell, we've uh, we've done a lot of work on this in our relationship because truly that was one of the first like quote unquote run-ins we had with each other after we got married. I feel like because we were long distance for the majority of the time that we dated, we didn't really have, I don't know. I don't remember there being like these big conflicting conversations we had to have. It wasn't really until we got married and we were living together and kind of rubbing shoulders every day that it was like oh, I realized for me, I'm an only child and I was really close and still am very close with my parents and we had a particular way of communicating in our house that like Ed was describing, I thought was normal. And so it was very rare that like if if, if the tone of the communication going on was heightened, something had like gotten to a very like big boiling point. There wasn't a lot of like aggressive tones And so I don't know if it's because I'm an only child or whatever is my personality type. I am more, I think, gentle in my communication. And I've had to do, I've actually needed to do work as we have become business owners. And I've started to lead people of learning how to get more direct Mm -hmm. and clear in my communication because that is not something that I had a lot of skill in before. So I remember one of the first... that happened when we got married is I was upset about something. I don't even remember what it was. And we're in the car literally sitting in the driveway to go down to the apartment that we were renting at the time. And I'm like completely clammed up and can't even articulate to you what is wrong and like why I'm upset. And you were so frustrated. Like Mm -hmm. you literally, I could tell now looking back, you're doing everything you knew to do to help me as my husband, like figure out what was wrong. And I completely shut down because of your tone Mm -hmm. and the aggressiveness that I was perceiving in that moment, even though that was not your intention at all. And that's what happens, right? Like I'm like this meek little lamb in the corner and (laughs) like afraid of this hammer coming at me. And the story that I, was telling myself in that moment was you, you know, didn't actually want to help, which was the absolute furthest from the truth.
0: And I think, again, what is important to realize is I never said anything demeaning or angry. No, not at all. Or aggressive towards you. So my language, quote unquote, was okay. Right. My communication tool was wrong. Yep. Right. And yeah,
1: you were using what you knew.
0: Yeah. And it wasn't getting the result I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I think this is something I've learned as a leader. It's something I've learned as a husband. And honestly, as a public speaker, is the greatest indication that I've communicated is how it was received, not how it was said. Mm. Right? Wow. Say that. Say that again. So the greatest indicator of quality communication is that it was received. Yeah. Right? And a lot of us...
1: It was understood. Yeah,
0: and understood. Mm -hmm. So often... I'm sitting here saying, I'm nailing how I'm communicating it and the room or the individual I'm talking to is saying, I still don't get it, which means I'm not nailing my communication. Or
1: there's an assumption, like we see this happen a lot within teams where the leader believes they're giving clear directives, clear vision, clear instruction. And the room is kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll go implement. And then two weeks go by or whatever. And the leader's frustrated because everything they thought they communicated is not happening. Yeah. And so that's a clear indication that there's been a communication breakdown. Yeah, miscommunication. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: missed. Literally, miscommunication is missed communication. Right. Right? I think another thing that we've learned a lot that has helped our communication is your emotional state really directly impacts your ability to clearly communicate. And the one that – so we use this tool HALT. Mm -hmm. which comes from the addiction framework if you're hungry angry lonely or tired that is not the best time to make a decision or communicate you're probably not going to communicate in the best light in that state
1: yeah so this tool comes real in handy you know we all know when we're starting to overreact to things like okay i'm i am reacting to something bigger than i would normally do and that's when you can pause and use that halt tool it's so helpful to ask okay are any of these four things true they might be all four true Mm -hmm. if that is it's like defcon four you need to like halt and do not cross yeah do not keep going
0: yeah well and so a big one for us is we both get hangry and wait we do yeah
1: i feel like you know maybe you do
0: no we do (laughs) don't put this on me (laughs) we do So we were pastors for a long time. We'd drive home after church on Sunday and could not figure out why the biggest fights in our
1: marriage were always on Sunday afternoon. I also want to point out that it's literally a two minute drive home. So the fact that we couldn't figure this out for the longest time, like why are we upsetting each other in the two minute drive home is pretty impressive. Yeah, it
0: was impressive. (laughs) And we realized, oh, we're hungry.
1: Well, and we're both introverted. Yeah. And so doing those services would pull all of our energy.
0: Yeah, so we were tired. So we're
1: really depleted. Yeah, yeah, so
0: then it was, all right, we're not going to talk of anything of note until we've gotten home and eaten and had quiet time.
1: Yeah, we're actually just not going to talk at all. And
0: then all of a sudden, the majority of the fighting in our marriage, as far as like rhythm went, disappeared imagine that because we resolve the emotional state right right so this this is a cool tool that we've used to help us communicate better i i say this because i'm i am growing in my ability to own my emotions my name is ed and i'm experiencing and then i would say mm-hmm. right so it's like hey i'm ed and i'm experiencing hunger right now and i would own it right. and now it frames everything i'm communicating after that mm-hmm. right this is a great way the rule we live by is clear as kind Yes. Right, so I'm aware. Hashtag Brene Brown. Yeah, I'm aware of my emotional state and that it could impact my ability to communicate. And so I'm going to communicate that ahead of time, right. and then we can come up with a plan together on how we're going to resolve that. We were driving two weeks ago to record an episode of this podcast, mm-hmm. and I had trained that morning mm-hmm. and hadn't had a great nutrition plan post that.
1: And you, you mean you didn't make anything for yourself to to eat?
0: No, I didn't. <laughs> So then we had to text Molly and say, hey, we're going to be late getting to where we record because I need to stop and get food, Mm -hmm. right? Because I wasn't going to be able to communicate. Right. So my awareness informs my language, which helps me communicate more efficiently and effectively. And
1: then that's what allows me to actually say what I mean to say. Yes. Instead of what just explodes out of me. Yes. Yes. Okay, before we really super deep dive into these communication tools, let's reflect back on the last week's episode real quick. So we left you guys really with this action step of paying attention to the language that is happening in your head and also what's been coming out of your mouth most frequently to the people around you and some of those, those phrases that can often get us hung up in really being able to say what we mean to say. So some of those phrases are like, you always, you never, right? This is a big, um, what's the word? like? It's a, a
0: kitchen sink statement.
1: Yeah, it's a kitchen sink statement. That which
0: the analogy for that, which I think is apt, is if you were in a fight with someone and it resulted to throwing things, if you picked up the kitchen sink, that... That's I'm not coming over. back. That's game over. No, yeah. Right? So as soon as I say that someone always that's, that's or a no, they that's never. That's <laughs> Yeah. As soon as I say either myself or someone else always or never, there's no room to argue with that.
1: Right. That conversation is essentially done at that point. There's and, nowhere to go.
0: And then to borrow the Pete Holmes bit, the, mm-hmm. one of our favorite comedians, everyone sleeps. So right. So no one is <laughs> always or true. never. Yeah. Everyone sleeps.
1: Quite literally. Yeah. So then some of the other ones, but is a big one. So, but is one of those things that is sometimes necessary. However, often what we'll do is say things like, if I do all of this, but they do all of that, right? It's like pitting us against each other.
0: Or I did all of this, but it's not enough. Right. As opposed to, I did all of this and there's more. Right. Yeah.
1: Or I've been working really hard on the house lately And you've been doing a lot at work. Yeah. Right. It's not one or the other. It's that switching the and for but helps remind us that those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah.
0: Life is a continuum. And therefore I live in tension sliding up and down the continuum and and allows me to honor that.
1: Right. Yep. And then some of the other ones uh, should, shouldn't, have to, need to. That obligation, I am not a slave, yeah, that it's big time obligation language, and that keeps us trapped. It, it keeps us a victim to the person or the circumstance, and we essentially are giving away our choice when we use that language. If
0: I'm obligated to it, I will eventually resent it.
1: Yes, yep. And then the last one we talked about was just, so this is a big one we have been working on with each other to really be aware of. Is because just is a minimizer. So when we're in the process of being vulnerable with another person, it becomes really easy for me to minimize it and be like, well, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just really tired today. Or I'm just really feeling kind of lonely mm-hmm. instead of owning and really leaning into that full vulnerability of I need connection mm-hmm. from you.
0: Or I just need to do something. Right.
1: Again, that kind of ties us back into obligation. Yeah,
0: and it minimizes the action that I know. When I have found for myself, if I'm throwing just in front of something, I'm assuming it should naturally happen. It should just happen. Yes. And generally, those are the things that actually really change. I just need to track my food, right, as Mm -hmm. I'm training more. Right. I'm going to track my food, Mm -hmm. right? I'm choosing. I'm choosing to. It instantly changes it. The other thing that I realized as I've been considering this just thing is it minimizes the people I'm around. Oh, that's just Brittany. Yeah. That's just me, right? Mm-hmm. I never want to minimize the people that are in my presence that I love and who love me, right? So that, those are words. If I'm throwing them out, if I'm hearing them in my language, that's an indicator of a thought that might be maladaptive. Yes. Right? In light of who I think I could be, what I'm creating, where I'm going, these are words to pay attention to because there's probably some disordered thinking. There.
1: Right. So... As you reflected on some of those phrases and noticed the ones that you've been using the most, right? That have been in your head or that you've been using in talking to people closest to you, what are the ones that are standing out? And then where do we go from here, right? How do we start to shift our ability to communicate more efficiently and actually say what we mean to say? Yeah. So, this is what we're gonna get into. Yeah. First, The first thing that requires attention is likely, and this is, has been big work for us, between us and then other relationships in our life, is rec- once you start recognizing the language patterns you've been in, there's a high likelihood that there's going to be a time where you need to get flat yeah. before you can move forward. Yeah. So what is getting flat? Like, what does that actually mean? And then how do we do that?
0: Yeah, so I've, we talked about this in the first episode. When I have good I know I could do Mm -hmm. and I choose not to do it, right, then I got to write a story about why I chose not to do it that doesn't make me the evil person. Right. Right? Yep. So then I start projecting a story onto someone else. So Mm -hmm. the story we use all the time. Thor. This literally happened a couple weeks ago. Thor. This is the
1: one we told last episode. Thor
0: literally started making throw up sounds. (laughs) They should make an alarm clock out of that. I have never woken up faster. It's always a good
1: good moment in the middle of the night. Yeah.
0: 2 a.m. Wake up. Right. And... the this isn't what happened but the story the analogy is we start playing chicken who's going to be the one that gets out of bed i have to get up early to go train tomorrow morning and then i have meetings all day you sleep in a little bit longer why wouldn't britney be the one to get up when in reality the right thing to do was i i i can get up i can do it right well then i start writing a story about why i didn't get up and now i'm projecting i'm projecting something onto you and if we vision that I'm
1: completely unaware that of, you're
0: unaware of. Yeah. So if I'm if we were to call that <laughs> if we were to call that a screen, right? I'm no longer seeing you. Right. I'm seeing the story I'm writing on a screen. Yeah, that's like in front of you.
1: Put a really ugly filter over the top of me. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so getting flat is removing the wall between us. It's mm-hmm. removing the story between us. Right. Right. So. That only happens through open, honest, responsible communication.
1: Mm. Which is tricky.
0: Yeah, it's tricky. I think this is something that's also important to call out that applies to every area of life. Something is tricky because I have not had consistent exposure to it. Yes. Right? And so we tell ourselves that... It
1: feels bigger and more complicated than it actually is. Yeah.
0: If we're willing to own that the beginning of improvement is inherently sloppy Mm. and that it feels like it so much more... Like, for example, I have started getting back into CrossFit classes. I never mm-hmm. stopped doing CrossFit, but I'm going back to class. Yeah. And it is incredible how much harder I push myself in a class, right? <laughs> right. And I feel my body feels like a newbie right now. Mm-hmm. And it's literally an issue of exposure. I know after a couple of weeks, I'm going to feel normal again. I will climatize mm-hmm. to this new level of training right. and I'm going to be okay. It's the same thing with intimate, vulnerable communication. Right. It's which, conditioning. It's conditioning. It's an issue of exposure. I'm afraid of the things I have not exposed myself to.
1: It's like the, when you're a little kid and you're afraid of the, the monster in your closet or something. Yeah. Because we're telling our story, self stories about something that we've never actually seen.
0: Yeah. Well, and then here's the mind up on that. When I realize I created the monster, I also know the components that can pull it apart.
1: Yeah. That's a whole...
0: That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother thing. All right, I'll say that Yeah,
1: we, we don't have time again. That's, that's that. season five. That's season <laughs> yeah, five of the podcast. That's like the, the 401. one. We're, yeah. we're in the 101 today. Yeah, okay. Um, so getting flat. Yeah. That requires such vulnerability.
0: Let me rephrase. Yes. To authentically and sustainably do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I want to point out because I'm a performer mm-hmm. and I'm really smart. Mm-hmm. So, in the beginning of our marriage, my vulnerability could be manipulative. Yeah. I was going to extend you enough vulnerability to get out of the frustration I was feeling right now. Mm-hmm. It was not authentic, sustainable growth for me in vulnerability. Yeah. It was, what do I need to say
1: to solve, this, to immediate solve this
0: immediate thing so we don't have to talk about it again.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, so... That's why open, honest, responsible communication is something that a lot of us avoid. Right. Because it generally reflects the mirror, to me as a mirror, the work I've been unwilling to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yeah. Which is, I don't want to deal with why I struggle with being seen. Right. And vulnerably seeing you. Yeah. And really opening up about, because open, honest, responsible communication, if we could break it down, it looks like. My experience of you is, right? Mm-hmm. Like my experience. If we were gonna mirror this to each other, yeah. Right. We
1: used this tool the other day.
0: Yeah. Hey, my experience of you is that you there was something that you do in our finances that I was poking fun at, right? And it was it was cheap. It was a jab, mm-hmm. right? And so you said to me, "Hey, my experience of you in that moment was you don't appreciate what I do for us." In this area of our finances. Mm -hmm. And, and then here's the, so my experience of you is, and I own it. This is what I'm experiencing of you. Mm -hmm. And that's important because again, no one is this all the time. Right. Right. And
1: before we go into the second half, it's really important to call out to what you said about ownership of that person's experience, because that wasn't your intention towards me. Yeah. Right. I'm really sorry. That was your experience of me. That was not what I intended. Yes.
0: And and again, remember, no one is something all the time. No. So, if you walked up to me and said you are never grateful, that, that which is
1: what happens. By which the is way. what happened. Yeah. Like
0: then that con- we're not having a conversation because mm-hmm. now I'm defending an attack on my character. Yes. By saying my experience of you in this moment was
1: mm-hmm.
0: right now you're differentiating it's specific. You're differentiating the behavior in the moment from my character and personality.
1: Yeah, that's really really important that's why this tool is so powerful because it lets us actually have a conversation and come to a resolution versus being in defense to one another
0: yeah and so when i come in and say you always i'm not throwing the kitchen sink yes right and so i'm going to defend myself from you picking up the kitchen sink and throwing it at me Mm -hmm. my experience of you is in this moment i did not feel congruent with who i know you to be right right So my experience of you was, that's the first block of open, honest, responsible communication. Second, the story I'm writing is.
1: Yeah, the story I told myself. The story I've
0: told myself, the story I'm writing is, right? Mm -hmm. So to use what happened the other day. My experience of you is you don't appreciate how I show up for us in this part of our finances. And the story I'm writing myself, writing for myself is that I don't feel seen and valued, Mm -hmm. right? right? That's the intimate vulnerable part. Yeah, that
1: was not easy to say.
0: No, because you're admitting that there is a need in you. Yeah. You're in essence saying, I could experience love right now, and this is how that could look. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is admitting need in me. Right. Right? So this has been big growth for me to say, hey, Brittany, my experience of you in this moment was, because I don't like being needy Mm -mm. at all. and.
1: Neither one of us do. Neither of
0: us do. And this it is... It shows up in different ways. Yeah, this is yeah. very deep-seated in me. Mm-hmm. I view it as weakness. Yep. Right? So then it's... Okay, my experience of you, Brittany, was... and the story I'm writing myself, and in admitting the story I'm writing, I'm admitting that there is a need in me not being met. hmm And that's vulnerable. Which,
1: yeah, f- makes you feel like you're in a deficit. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's vulnerable and intimate. And
1: it's even more than that. It makes... Me feel as if I'm in a deficit and I can't be the one to fill the deficit.
0: And I'm not in control I anymore. I need
1: you. Yeah, I have to give I'm away. inviting you. Yep.
0: Yes, I'm not in control anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I'm admitting that there's an end to me and a start to you. And for this relationship to work, we're going to honor both of us showing up well for each other like that. Right. Yeah. So my experience of you is, the story I'm writing is, and then what can we do to get this right? Right, And we're going to collaborate now on, because generally, I'm experiencing something of you, right? Like, what happened the other day? Mm-hmm. I was at a deficit as well. There was something that was frustrating me right. that I hadn't brought up earlier. And so now we're not flat. You get a bad experience. So then the conversation is, all right, let's post-mortem break down why this happened so that way we can improve. And this doesn't need to be, become a rhythm and a habit in right. our lives.
1: And it's so important to call back what you said a couple minutes ago. This, using this tool, these communication tools to shift the ways in which you've been talking is not going to be clean. It's literally going to be messy and you might quite literally be in a fight and choose to literally like recognize, wow, we are completely misunderstanding each other this has built to a point where emotionally, right, call me back to halt. Mm-hmm. Okay. We need to pause. I'm not angry. Yes. Yeah. I am angry and therefore my emotions are not clear. Yeah. I can't have an open, honest conversation with, with anyone when my emotions are at 11. Mm-hmm. So I need to pause, right? I love that's why it's called halt. I'm going to halt. We're going to take a beat. We're going to do something both individually that we can kind of let some of that energy come through our bodies, calm down a bit so we can come back and actually have open, honest dialogue.
0: Yeah. Well, when we first got married, this happened because I am quick witted and can clearly articulate quickly. You
1: can, and it's so frustrating.
0: And you, when we started, would clam up, right? It mean,
1: still happens to Yeah. me. I, I feel like I've grown.
0: You have. So when we first got married, we would have something we know we need to talk about. Yep. And you would clam up, and I would go You'd into have two by four. All
1: the words right there, ready yeah. to go. And
0: I'd be really frustrated. And we added a, we added a rhythm in our communication. You could look at me and say, "I am not able to communicate what I think right now." And whether that was going away in journaling or writing, here's the key: this is how you absolve it and actually move it forward instead of avoid it. Yep. Is we're going to come back, and I will be ready to move this conversation forward. Tomorrow at 3 p.m.
1: Right. Or tonight at 7. Yes. If you can, at all possible, try to resolve it the same day. Yeah. So there's not so much time in between. Because what's the temptation is, especially when this is a new habit, is, okay, let's finish talking about this tomorrow morning and then we both wake up and we don't want to deal with the tension again. So we shove it under the rug until the next thing comes that elevates it and brings out the old junk that we Mm -hmm. never actually resolved.
0: Yeah, which is why it's so important to get flat. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. And this is a great point of proving we are both committed to getting this right is being willing to have that conversation, being willing to own. I can be ready to talk about this and move it forward at this time and then coming back and having that conversation.
1: This just came to me too. this idea of, you know, for, for us, the dynamic between us, because my natural default, like unhealthy default was to placate. Like, I'm going to disappear and kind of retreat in myself because I feel like I don't have the words to actually know what to say. So then I'm just going to default to you and, like, pretend it's fine. That's super damaging. It's just as damaging as if we are both really quick-witted and, like, ready to be on the defense and, like, screaming at each other, right? Both are damaging. Neither one is healthier than the other.
0: Yeah, both of them are a lack of communication. Correct.
1: And... It is okay that, especially as you are starting out this process, whether it's your significant other, this could be the dynamic between you and a parent or you and a sibling or you and a coworker or a friend that has been in your life for a long time. There might be, this might be your habit of communication where you don't know how to actually talk about real things without getting explosive. So A, you either don't talk about real things you skirt around them or B, you, you are ready always to explode because that has been the habit
0: well, and that's,
1: it's okay if you're realizing that's where things have been and there is more.
0: Well, so here's the habit loop. We feel tension. We start to poorly talk about it. We reward ourselves by avoiding, mm-hmm. right? This is what I mean. We know there's stuff we should be talking about. Let's go on a very nice dinner instead. Yeah. Right? Or even if you're Well, it's not
1: use should. There's stuff that would serve us really well to talk about. Yeah, there's stuff that would serve us well to talk
0: about. Let's go on a very nice dinner instead and buy each other's silence. Mm -hmm. Right? Or I know that there's stuff that we could be talking about, let's have sex about it instead. Right. Right? And it quickly Or I'm gonna
1: buy you this nice gift to kind of prolong like you said this idea of buying buying silence
0: silence. i'm buying the fact that we don't need to talk about this right now wow right yeah so here becomes the problem that becomes my habit loop
1: yeah
0: so resolving it feels like doing those things i'm actually not resolving anything i'm punting it those conversations don't go away
1: when we don't have them no right they go into a pressure cooker actually yes where every experience of anything real Adds pressure to that pressure cooker, and then it's going to reach a time where that pressure's got to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. In essence, I continue to bring, build a taller and taller and taller and taller wall, mm-hmm. and the cost of getting flat continues to grow. Right. This is a rule that we live our lives by. The things that I don't deal with today charge me interest later. Yeah. Right. So I might be quote unquote buying a false sense of peace today and the cost continues to grow for the conversations that I'm avoiding. Yeah. And we avoid them because we haven't given ourselves tools and haven't learned tools to do them safely, effectively with a deep desire to understand each other. Right. Right. So when it comes to communication, I'm either going to be right or we are going to get it right.
1: Mm, That's such a really important distinction.
0: And the goal of communication within relationships of all kinds is getting it right. Right. If I need to constantly be right, I will find myself lonely eventually.
1: Right. Because, again, calling back to this idea of we're creating this third thing. Yes. We're both equal contributors to this relationship that we're creating. And the point, like you said, is to get it right. Yeah. It doesn't matter if one of us is right because it leaves the other one like out hanging to dry.
0: And if if... If really, truly, fundamentally, one of us is right, I should, or I can, Mm -hmm. through clear and honest communication in light of the values we've established within our relationship, bring us to the higher standard. Right. Right? And that's generally because we've agreed on a value that one of us is not leaning into.
1: Yeah. So, a couple things that I think are important to call out before we wrap up. If you are recognizing whether it's you and a spouse, coworker, family member, whoever that you've ended up in this really dysfunctional communication loop, a it's okay. You're not alone in that. There's no shame. If you go to start trying to use the tools like my experience of you is and the story I'm I'm telling myself about it is and that blows up in your face because there's not enough you know, mutual trust and openness with each other, it is absolutely okay. That you recognize you're in that spot and you might need to invite a third party in to help you understand one another and to get flat. And then once you're flat, you can actually move forward and establish these new rhythms of communication. Mm -hmm. And again, this could be with your boss that you're in that style of communication. This isn't only in our, you know, significant other relationships.
0: Yeah, a great tool for that is find the place you can agree 1st and generally the idea is we aren't getting this right. Neither of us are satisfied about the quality of our communication and therefore the quality of our relationship. Right. Right. Okay, are you happy? No. Are you fulfilled? No, I'm not happy and fulfilled either. Mm-hmm. So what what would need to be true for us to start heading in that direction? Well, communication is going to be a great place to start.
1: Right, and sometimes the really powerful thing And I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself a bit because we're going to get into this in next week's episode is sometimes we have such strong blinders on the other person. Like we were talking about that going back to that filter idea, like sometimes that's so strong that I don't have the tools within me to help take that off and see something different. And that's where there's some additional perspective with another person, a counselor, a mentor, a coach, whoever that can help us shift those blinders and see some of the good that is actually going on and work from that
0: to get flat. I've used this quote a lot. Einstein says, the level of consciousness that created a problem can't be the one to resolve it, Mm -hmm. right? And when I'm really deep in story, when I am deep in the box, when I'm not flat with someone, I'm going to need some outside perspective to inform me where what I'm seeing is not true.
1: Right. Yeah. Also, before we end, It's really, really important that you don't implement these communication strategies from a place of, um, how do I say this, trying to prove the other person wrong.
0: Yeah, because that's not trying to get it right. That's trying to be right.
1: Right, and it's straight up manipulation and that's going to do more damage in, that's you wanting to prove yourself right and then actually trying to get it right.
0: Yeah, so here's where we want to leave you talked about a ton of stuff i mean these these are the types of things that if they were implemented in my relationships the quality would drastically improve. oh
1: night and day yeah yeah
0: so you're probably listening to this in your car out and about you don't have a way to write it down i would encourage you to listen to the second half of this podcast today mm-hmm. again and write down yep. two tools yep that you're going to work on implementing over the next week right And I I guarantee consistently implementing these tools are going to drastically increase the quality of your communication and therefore the quality of your relationships.
1: Yeah. And don't just write them down, right? It's actually try them out. Yeah. And give yourself permission. Actually tell yourself ahead of time, this is going to feel awkward. And it's going to be messy. Yep. Because I've never done this before. You would, none of us would ever look at an infant who's learning to walk for the first time and like mock them because they don't know how to walk.
0: I do that to my brother, but that's okay. (laughs)
1: That explains a lot of things. Yeah. But... We often are so harsh on ourselves when we're implementing new skills that we haven't ever been exposed to before. So be kind to yourself. Be kind to the other person that you're working to improve your communication with and, and give yourself permission that this is going to feel awkward and messy. And that's good. That's healthy. That's making you stronger.
0: Yep. It means I'm grown.
1: So next week, I hinted at it for a second we're going to be getting into this idea of how do we take our blinders off? How do we see something different than what we have been experiencing to this point in our relationships and why that is so impactful? We'll see you next week. Hey friends, Brittany here. Thanks so much for tuning in with us today for this episode on how to say what you mean to say. We really trust that the information in these last two episodes in particular have probably brought up some significant tweaks in your relationships. And if you're realizing you can use some added support beyond these tools we talked about today for your situation specifically, please don't hesitate to reach out. This is what we do. We love to work with couples and help them really create a fulfilling relationship that they are proud of. So you can get a hold of us by emailing us at info at axioswellness.com or DMing us on our social channels. We'd love to hear from you. And lastly, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us get the word out and serve more people in this space.